0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We hope you had a great Father's Day, if that applies to you. For Part of our Father's Day, uh, we all went on a drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife and I and my son... Uh, we took up all the extra seats. Paul came with us. Yeah. So yeah. you brought the GTS and I took the Lotus and we kept, it was, <laughs> it was musical chairs. We kept rotating who was riding with who, who was driving, et cetera.
0: And I believe your word was cathartic. We never get to do an actual drive because on a shoot, you'd think, oh, we're having the greatest time. And we are true. We are. But I actually noted to your wife because she said, well, you do this all the time. And I'm thinking, no, not really, because we've got a day to get through. We've got a shoot schedule to get. We've got a shot list to get. We've got commentary about cars to think about and absorbing what it yeah, is about the yeah, car. Yeah. We're not just driving. And yeah. so it's very relaxing. And it's the same feeling that I told you <laughs> coming off an Autobahn drive after a fast, really fast yeah. blast down the yeah. Autobahn is that same, you know, the, the adrenaline leaving your bloodstream kind of thing yeah. afterwards. And it's uh, the massive
1: wind down feeling, but it feels great. I, yeah.
0: I will say this without saying the road that we were on, but mm. we, we got up there. But what was so yes. funny is. I hit 131 mm-hmm. in you the did. Cayman GTS. You did. And your son gets on the radio and asks you what you hit in the Lotus, uh-huh. which was 120. Yes. Which feels probably like 180. In feels like light any speed in the Lotus, yeah. <laughs> and, he lo- and he looked at me and he said, Oh, it's too bad you didn't go as fast as the Lotus. I'm going, Wait, what? I. <laughs>
1: Okay. It's all perception, though. Fine. Your car hides the speed. <laughs> I know. And the Lotus does not. The Lotus, at 80 miles an hour, feels like you're tearing the space-time continuum. And then you go above that, and yeah. it just gets more. I mean, you're you on know? cam and yeah, absolutely, you are. just
0: hurtling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> so got, it was we were going crazy. rather
1: rapidly. It was an amazing drive. Yeah. Uh, we had so much fun. We did. We just kept we kept swapping seats. My wife drove the Lotus which she actually really, really likes. She was not driving those speeds, but she really, really likes the, driving the Lotus. Little Man likes uh, riding in all of the above, but it is amazing how much he's just kind of not that thrilled. In the, I mean, <laughs> came in he, he's impressed, yeah. but the Lotus is just he, – but he believes, and it's partially this sensation, and it's also because it's his car. Every car he sees that's fast, his question to me is, Dad, is that faster than the Lotus? I know. And, and he's surprised how often. seeing other low-tie
0: at car shows.
1: Yeah, he's he's surprised how often I say, faster? Yes. Better in corners? Probably not. Right. He's right. surprised by how often there are other things. Because he's just under the impression, first off, that the Lotus is one of one, which we were at a car show this weekend, another <laughs> one showed up, and I swear to you, it nearly broke his heart. Yeah, I know. There was that. But then also the fact that he's just convinced it's the
0: fastest car ever. This is how he's eight, <laughs> but he loves it. We're going 131, and I look down, I'm like, wow, this is great on this road. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at the radar detector and goes, what are those arrows for? And I'm thinking, now? Now is <laughs> well, when you ask me about the arrows. But
1: but I told you about the even more ridiculous God conversation I had me. with him. When right? we first started going fast, in the Lotus, he looked at me and he went, seriously, we're, we're picture this, picture this. <laughs> Mountain Road, Lotus Elise, Sun and Passenger Side, we've just started to go genuinely quickly. Right, right. Like, really genuinely fast. And this is the moment he looks at me, because we went and saw Incredibles <laughs> 2 this weekend. This is the moment he looks at me and he goes, Dad... Are uh, are Mister Incredible and Frozone related?
2: This was his question out of
1: nowhere. I was like, like you said, it was like now we're having this conversation. You waited until now. Yeah, but anyway, but but it was a really fun drive. It it, it is cleansing because the other thing that happens. When you and I drive for the show, we do have a blast.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: think about an inchworm. We inchworm our way up these great roads mm-hmm. because yeah. we keep stopping for camera positions, and we'll drive three or four times by that camera position and then go a half mile and do it again. So to get on a road, you bring up yeah. the Audubon, to get on the road and just go for an hour Is not something we do. No, it's it's
0: just so cleansing, so and please don't get me wrong.
1: Neither one of us are complaining about any part of this experience, shoot wise or non shoot wise. Right, right. It was just a wonderful weekend. We hope you had one as well. Happy Tuesday to you. We have two great debates coming up. We've got Jackson, the Bay Area, is writing to us. Thank you for writing in about both of your parents. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. And then we have Dan in L.A. writing in, and it's the first time in a while that I have had a sniper shot. No kidding. I've got a car for Dan, plus audience
0: questions coming as well. I wonder if our thinking is similar. Might
1: be. Might I'm be. wondering. If okay. we if we both do the same sniper shot, I think Dan just has to buy that car. Yeah, he's yet.
0: obligated at mm-hmm. that point. It, yeah, that, that should be the rule. If we actually, <laughs> without talking in advance, come up with the same car, then the person is obligated somehow. <laughs> obligated Whether or not we blow <laughs> their budget up or not. <laughs> All right. Well, Jax, thank you so much for writing. He is 16- and he has a two thousand forerunner with two hundred and fifty thousand miles on it, mm-hmm. so he loves it. Yeah, the debate is not for him. Nope he he's thrilled
1: with that two thousand forerunner. He said he really wants an eighty six in his life, an FRS or a BRZ. But even whenever that happens in his life, the forerunner will still stay. Mm-hmm. So clearly, there's love there. But you're writing on behalf of both of your parents. Uh, you you start a lot. Big section of the email is about how hey, your dad needs a new car, but then we morph halfway through to mom
0: while we're at it also needs one yeah no kidding well they're a family of five with an australian shepherd that also has to fit in the cars on family trips keep Mm -hmm. that in mind yep so dog large dog that's got to happen all right (laughs) so first off for his dad his dad is a self-employed painting contractor right now, but he said he's going to be changing jobs to be a job site manager at mm-hmm. a new building construction site. He's got a 98 Toyota 4Runner, 4Runner's in the family Toyota apparently, yeah. 180,000 miles on it. And the reason this car is notable is because Jax was brought home from the hospital as a newborn in this car. Yes. I don't think I've ever heard of that, to be honest. you're well, You're now 16 and you're now going to help your dad sell the car that you were driven home in. But there's a twist
1: later in this email. It's pretty cool. It is very cool, but there's a twist later in this email that I was kind of uh, struck by. Okay. Because, yes, it was the car that he was brought home in, but before he was born, his (laughs) mom had a 1992 300ZX Twin Turbo that she loved. See, it all relates. She got rid of it when Jax was coming. Yeah. So Jax Jax is born, and that's when his dad shows up in the Forerunner that he just bought as a surprise. Here's our new family car. <laughs> and, and there's a tenuous time, there's a tenuous time when your wife is still in the hospital and she's just given birth. Uh-huh. It's one of those everything could go really well or really wrong, wrong in the most mundane conversations. So Jack's dad shows up with a brand new Forerunner, and mom's instant reaction is, <laughs> I missed my Z and why didn't you get a Lexus RX 300? So they had to get past that. So Fantastic. this this forerunner has had um, a, a mixed life with the family. So we're going to replace that. Yeah, mom has been driving a 2007 Volvo XC90 with the Yamaha Turbo V8. She likes the power. She misses the twin Clearly. turbo. Mom wants. Some real grunt in whatever car she's going to have. We're replacing that and we're replacing the Forerunner. We have 50 grand total to work with. There's a ton more extra details. This gets complex.
0: Yeah, it does. All right. So back to his dad. He wants a truck. All right. He's a truck guy. Mm-hmm. He's been looking at Tundras and then he also looked at a 2018 Ram 1500 because the dealer took apparently 12 grand off the price. 12 grand. The price of a Fiesta ST off of this car. But it still was a fifty thousand dollar truck. Still was. And his mom said, Well, why don't we try to get two cars, one for each of us, for fifty thousand dollars instead of one crazy expensive car? Well done, by the way, mom. I applaud that. Well All done. right. So Jax has already looked at ridge lines because his dad wants a truck look mm-hmm. with car like fuel economy and a lot of space. Yep. How to get a truck look? You buy a truck. And then you yes. figure out the space and the fuel economy. Yes,
1: afterwards. but but this. Is, but let's be honest, though. That recipe is the reason CUVs exist.
0: It really is. Although, speaking of CUVs, his mom has gotten used to the CUV thing. Mm-hmm. As you said, the Volvo yep. XC90, mm-hmm. the turbo V8 in with that Yamaha built engine. Yeah. turned yeah, yeah. sideways. Yeah, crazy. I mean, they just they don't build these cars anymore. Everybody's gone to turbocharging, but a lot less displacement. Mm-hmm, and speaking mm-hmm. of power. You were talking about how she loves the power, and her requirement for the car that she wants is at least 350 horsepower (laughs) and has to have a V8.
1: I saw that. I. I don't know that that's going to happen. I hate
0: to say it, but I don't know
1: that's going to happen. There's some options here, but I don't know that. I, I yeah, I don't know that those
0: have to be hit. I think we can get you that feeling without hitting those things. That's where my brain's at. at I'm least. I'm with you, yeah, Jax. I'm wondering if your parents, and I'm sure they're listening at that point. Hello, Jack's parents. <laughs> if she can be talked into the feeling of that, that's what she wants. I think she's mm-hmm. equating the the V8 and the 350 horsepower feeling with punchy acceleration when that actually could be found with the turbocharged four-cylinder and the right gearing in a modern car and still give you that same kind of fun feeling off the line or whatever that is. Completely
1: well. Think about the fact that that 300ZX was a V6. V6, Clearly there were no complaints about that car and I agree with you by the way. She likes turbos. That was a fun car so uh, bravo on that. Interesting, and of course the, that Volvo she's driving has right around 300 horsepower. The current Volvo, sure, sure. So, and it also though it's a big SUV that weighs nearly 5,000 pounds. So it there's it's, there's a debate here also between horsepower to weight ratio. Mm-hmm. We might be yeah. less than 350. That's where my head started going. Less than 350 horsepower, but I bet you the weight ratio is still going to feel faster than what she's in. That I, a lot sure. of my thinking is along those lines. Well.
0: I— it, these days, V8s aren't generally put in the in the size car. I mean, like the Volvo XC90. The the one I can think of is actually my car. So the Jeep mm. Cherokee Overland with the V8 sure. yeah, has yeah. 360 horsepower. But the Ford Explorer actually has more horsepower, and it's a V6 turbo. Because it's the EcoBoost. And the gearing, I think, actually makes it quicker off the line than the Jeep. Mm. So there's a lot. There's a lot of that's the thing. There's so many little variables when you start to dig this dig this out. Yeah, I, I've. I'm coming back to the feeling, and sure. Yeah, I think it's relating excellent. the numbers that she's looking for to mm-hmm. the feeling mm-hmm. that she wants, but also the the last twist for her is she's a photographer and yeah. she wants something yeah. that can do the light fire road kind of travel up into the mountains where yeah. she can get yeah. to, yeah. you know, the places she wants to photograph that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we've got to keep that in consideration because some of the cars that she's been looking around, and he mentions the Lexus LC will. Yeah, the Lexus LC is great. It starts at ninety two thousand. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: out. That, that's the car she really it's would got like. A V8 she, she's in
0: intrigued
1: it. by the uh, the GS and the RC as well in the Lexus lineup. For some reason, mom has kind of always wanted a Lexus. I've noticed this trend. Yeah. So that's in here as well. So we're so his sum up, and I love your sum up here, by the way, Jax. Your Your sum up is that your mom would like about three hundred fifty horsepower with a back seat and good driving dynamics. And your dad would like big, rugged, but still good on gas. Mm-hmm. Fifty grand for both cars. There's a lot to do here.
0: There is. It was tough at first, but I actually started with mom's car. I did too. Yeah. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about CUVs, yeah. and I'm thinking, all right, I'm in that headspace because cars with V8s. We're talking either Camaros, Mustangs, Corvettes. Sure. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. the Charger and Challenger, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. V8s. Also exist in pickup trucks, but that's about it. There's not too many more cars. The Lexus LC and the RC Mm -hmm. certainly have V8s. But generally speaking, modern cars, they're going away from V8s. Porsche, Mm -hmm. Ford, everybody's going to smaller displacement engines because of the fuel mileage and turbocharging everything. So I am thinking turbo. You have to have another turbo mom. That must happen. <laughs> and I found the car you should buy. Okay. But I want to start with the wild card, and then I've got a super-duper wild card. Really? Actually. Okay. All right. So the wild card is a 2019 Cadillac XT4. Hmm. This is Cadillac's new, tiny SUV, C U V five-seat SUV thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts at about $35,000. Power's pretty good. I like the interior a lot. I like what Cadillac is doing to compete in this segment. Okay. okay. All, right. all right. But it's a wild card because I have a super wild card. No, no. Super. We have a whole other category it's, tonight it's for it's mom. It's now been I created. Okay, great. It's the Jaguar E Pace. Ooh. P250 all wheel drive, okay. 246 horsepower, but the base price starts at thirty eight grand. Wow, we're spending a lot of money on That's that. That's going to leave yeah. $0 almost for yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. And so I come back to the car, mom, that I think you should buy. And I'm looking really at. Power only that's hmm, been kind of okay. my thinking okay. here turbocharged power and i think you're gonna like it and again open mind before i say it just open <laughs> mind okay right. jacks i'm gonna need your help on this 2018 <laughs> kia sportage sx turbo okay. this little cuv has 240 horsepower and you can find them Pretty much new, or you know, just a few dealer mm-hmm. kind of miles mm-hmm. on them for twenty nine thousand dollars. The reason is, if she's looking for power, that car has the most power in that size class. Honda, Hyundai, Ford, GM, Mazda, Toyota, Lexus, Audi, VW, and even BMW cannot compete on power against really? the Sportage. I looked them. That's up.
1: interesting.
0: Okay, so right. if it is power that we're talking about, the BMW gets close with uh, mm-hmm. the X One mm-hmm. has two hundred twenty eight horsepower. Okay, yeah, yeah. But this little thing has 240. All right, all right. And it's got to be the SX Turbo. And again, 29,000. I found them 29,000 and change, but I'll bet you they'll just take 29 flat. You're out the Mm. door, brand new car. They're great inside. And again, we're coming back to Jack's, his requirements. He said his parents want something pretty new, modern amenities, nothing really less than 2015. So that's why I'm headed towards the new category. Yep. But think about it. The only other two little cars like this, SUVs, that have the power that I think she's looking for are the Acura RDX with 272 Mm -hmm. and the Alpha Stelvio with 280. None of these CUVs have V8s. True, true. None of them ever will. They don't need to anymore. Yeah. They need to have pretty snappy gearing essentially off Mm -hmm. the line is what customers are looking for. Yeah, And Kia and Hyundai are known to deliver in that category. They've got the turbocharged engines, tiny displacement, but their gearing, especially first is kind of head head snapping. Mm. Really? Mm. So keep that in mind as you're going after this. Okay. All right.
1: It's fascinating to me that in those, you brought up the RDX and the Stelvio because those are the first two I thought of. No kidding. And I actually, I'm I kind of zeroed in on the Acura RDX. And, and, and let me explain why. You can get a 2015 of the Acura RDX. Now, this is Acura's, think of the Audi Q5-sized SUV. Right? It's, it's, it's actually a tiny bit bigger than that. But it's she about also mentioned
0: nothing European, or his dad yes. said nothing yeah, European. That's the, why that's not in here.
1: Yeah, they, they actually, they, they had a big conversation. Jax tried to convince them. Jax, <laughs> this is an uphill battle, my friend. Tried to convince them that what his mom really wants is a Cayenne. And in a lot of ways, I agree with your thinking but in spite of the fact that my wife and I have had a good experience with ours, his family's just concerned about maintenance costs on that. And, yeah. and even yeah. though they like the Volvo, apparently the Volvo has been um, – it hasn't been a problem, but it has been a consistent maintenance uh, Problem, not, not, like, not like a problem. too strong. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm struggling for how to place it because it's, it's not a, like they needed to get rid of it because it's been so bad, but they've just started to realize it's going to need this at this mileage and this at this mileage. It has a consistent need for maintenance, and that has made them go no European cars. Yeah. So yeah. Those, are, those are off the table. But Acura RDX, okay. I think that's a good size. Yeah. If you get the super handling all-wheel drive, I think you'll be surprised by how good it is dynamically. It is a V6. But here's a couple of things to think about, Mom. 275-ish horsepower at 250 pound-feet of torque, which is good, solid, yeah, okay? A little yeah. bit less than your Volvo, but it also weighs 1,000 pounds less than your Volvo. See, that's where we're going to start to change the, the feeling. So the all-wheel drive, I bet you that handles better than your, your uh, XC90 on its best day, and it weighs 1,000 pounds less with only a little bit less horsepower and torque. What year are you shopping now? I'm shopping 2015 for less than 30 grand. I found them for 25, 26 grand. Okay, i have got half of the budget left for Dad.
0: Excellent. That's if
1: I go CUV. So that's my favorite. Okay. The other thought I had for you, Mom, is that I think the CUV thing has made you intrigued by, oh, I could go up a fire road and take some pictures. But that doesn't seem
0: to be something you normally do. It's like the oh I could possibly. I mean she's got the Z car in her background, but she's been used to driving the Volvo. So it's gotten I'm her thinking, used to that ride height, eye level, all yeah, that kind of stuff.
1: Here's the things that strike me. You miss that Z. I don't blame you, cool car. You yeah. miss that Z. You lust after the Lexus L C. Yeah. You are curious about the R C. So I went, let's just go there. Dad's headed for truck world anyway. We know this. Yes. We know dad's going to get a truck. So the family car in that regard, the five of you and the dog is handled. We know it's going to be handled in a minute. So let's go two plus two. Okay. Get mom in something fun. I didn't worry about V8. I worried about using the reference of the Lexus LC, her interest in Lexus, yeah. and that 300ZX from her past. I have three. Really? Three two plus twos that you have to drive, mom. Okay. One, drive the Cadillac ATS Coupe. Pretty good. All day long for under 30. Okay, so that's two Choices, choices, in there choices, now. choices, choices. Tons of them. Infinity Q60 coupe. Yeah. Also, in fact, th- those are 25, 26 on the high side. What year are you uses. talking? We're still like, talking 2015 ish. Okay. Still, still talking so that one. Just world. A mm-hmm. two or three years old. But I looked. And mom, I found I have a orange one in front of me right now that I looked up earlier today. And it is not the only example. It is an example. I am looking right here. You want one? Go get one. A 2015 Lexus RC 350. That's okay. the good one. It is bright orange, which, of course, I loved. 25999 is the price on this car. And the mileage stand by 46000 Wow. Go get that car. It's half the budget we're talking about. You end up with the good, powerful Lexus RC. It's great looking. I'm not saying this exact one is the one for you, but why not? The point I'm making here is the lesser ones, the 300, which have 250 or so horsepower, okay? Those are available all day long, but the 350 with the more horsepower, guess what? Still here. Still I possible. It. I love that. So that V six is a little over three hundred horsepower, but you're talking about a car that's gonna be more than a thousand pounds lighter than your Volvo, and now you're back. I think you get the Lexus thing solved that you're intrigued by. You already kinda of like this car. Two plus two, nice place to be.
0: I think, Jax, this is your mom's car. I think just Interesting. go get it. I mean that does kind of channel her, her past, yes. and it's a great car. And you've made the case for the non European people who are worried about the European maintenance, the mm-hmm. German car. Mm-hmm. Just the cost of living with it and, and owning it. And I get it, but yeah. Lexus has this slot filled.
1: Yeah, well, and it's but it's already intriguing. That's the big thing I take away from mm-hmm. this. It's already something that your mom is interested in, and you can get them and have half the budget left over. I,
0: I think there's a real compelling case there. Well, what's so interesting about these cars, too, is I looked at them new, and I thought, all right, new. They're just way out of the ballpark. but. Interestingly, they have dropped off in depreciation, like European cars they have. have yeah, 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 which is quite fascinating.
1: Well, I think I think they are a niche market car for Lexus. They're mm-hmm. not the egg. G. They're not the RX. Right. They're not the thing that everybody's buying. You specifically are looking for a two plus two, but that's not a huge market. And you know, the Caddy is the great example. So is the Infinity. These two plus two luxury cars do not hang on to value because that is a niche market. I th- I think that market actually might be smaller than the pure enthusiast market
0: just the guys that are going to buy
1: GT the sheer class, the, the guys that are going to buy the, the Camaros and the Mustangs and the eighty sixes and the, you know, the Miatas. I think that market actually might be bigger than the folks drive that would buy the 45 to $50,000 uh, luxury two plus two. Sure. Yeah. From quite these possibly. Marks. Because I think when they're used, who wants them now?
0: Quite possibly. Which that is why they're infinity. Infinity Q60 impressed the daily I know it did. I know you're it a big fan. It was very different. I just, yeah. I really liked a lot about it. It, it has a lot of insulating qualities, but then it true, the, the true. handling actually came back with, wow, that's a surprise. And I think
1: that was the one that didn't have the electric steering I'm not, or the drive-by-wire steering. I think it still yes. had the, the, the connected in some way, shape, yes. or form version. But anyway, And yeah. it
0: kind of cut through the... I guess the, the thing that insulated you, this just you know that feeling of okay, I'm the insulated extra from, video game. Yeah. Insulating <laughs> from everything about the road except for the handling, except for this feeling now. Mm, interesting. It's cutting through the noise. I remember the, we were both surprised cutting through by the quiet. It. I guess. Yeah, there you go. With a little so bit. So of that, noise.
1: that hopefully we have many many things for mom to go drive. Uh,
0: Jax, thanks for that hard uh, part, but we're only halfway done. Yeah, with we this are. This car debate. So I was as I was talking about dad. And uh, I landed on that Kia for twenty nine. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's a solid choice, but anything CUV related in that twenty five to twenty nine thousand dollars. Okay, so I came back to the truck like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thing that he's yep. looking for: five people, dog in the back, mm-hmm. need a truck, but it can't be a full size truck in my opinion. And it doesn't sound like dad needs or wants the kind of power that mom does. <laughs> I think he cares more about the utility and the miles per gallon. But how do you, how do, you do that? How do you go get a pickup mm-hmm. truck that actually has some decent fuel mileage? My Jeep gets 18 on its best day, maybe 19 downhill with a tailwind. Yeah, seriously. Fully unloaded on mm-hmm. a quarter tank of gas, maybe if we're lucky. But I'm thinking right now, 2016 Chevy Colorado Crew Cab... Two wheel drive. Interesting. Okay. Found you one with twenty five thousand miles for twenty one nine nine five, hmm. and this truck gets twenty four miles to the gallon because it's got okay. an inline four in it. Okay. So I'm just thinking about what could you could you warm up to a truck. Actually, they've grown in size from the prior gen Colorados. Mm-hmm. They actually close to what a full size truck used to be in the. I don't know, 70s, right. 80s. No, what more recently than that. It's amazing how much trucks kind are ballooning. I totally agree, yeah. So the Chevy Colorado, actually, I'm looking at the new Ford Ranger, but the 2019 Ranger isn't quite out yet at, at this recording. Mm-hmm. And I'm really intrigued by them. I'm really personally leaning more towards Ford, but that's me. But the, the Rangers are not out yet. So, I'm looking at this Colorado. I've actually seen them around a bunch. A friend of ours, his wife drives one. She loves it. Yeah, she yeah. can't say enough good things about it. Crew cab. So, you've got all the people, dog in the bed of the truck. <laughs> and you've got that truck feeling, but still pretty decent gas mileage, especially out of a good sized truck. Yeah. 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 I would say. So, I'm going for that. It's okay. a little bit less than what mom's car is, but hey, let's spend the money on mom, right? Let's get her what she I really like wants. like it. I
1: like it. Okay. So, Dad's had this forerunner. We have a forerunner family here that informed my decision a little bit. But but I also think that that Dad, I think you are the perfect buyer for the seven seat SUV CUV. No kidding. Because what you're wanting is you're wanting utility. You want truck kind of look kind of feel yeah. but you want car like handling dynamics this is essentially the build sheet for the cuv this is what they're trying to That's do exactly And exactly along where, the way yeah. we're trying to get halfway decent gas mileage now the minute you get into a seven seater you got to throw out any number that starts with a three in your gas mileage you will not get into the 30s it's not going to happen okay no, but can no. we get mid-20s yes we can So I have two I want you to look at that are sister cars. Okay. And then I'm going to work on your Toyota Roots as well. But GMC Acadia or the Traverse, you will be surprised at how much space is in either of those. The difference in them is the Acadia starts at a a higher package than you can get the Traverse. And you can get the base Traverse almost brand new out the door for less than 30. Sure, But I say go a couple years back. The the current body style has been around for a couple years, and it is improved over the one that my wife and I had,
0: Right. So what go back
1: a couple of years. Ours was a 09 and okay. the current body styles, been out for two or three years
0: now, so you can get the current body. I actually kind of like the current body style. I agree with like it. what they've I done. It looks, it appears smaller than it is. It,
1: and, it, and it, the thing about the Acadia though, even in the prior, the gen that we had, There's much more space than the the shape suggests. Mm -hmm. Now, I do know that when they went the second gen of these, they got a little bit smaller than the one I had. But the one I had was more space than anything short of the Suburban in the GM lineup. I mean, it had a cavernous amount of space. Right. So coming down a little bit from that is still going to be great for seven seats. Okay. So I think the GMC, drive the Acadia, drive the sister car, the Chevy Traverse, in both of those – Mid-20s highway gas mileage. Sure. And 20 in the city, like 1920 in the city. So that's a pretty decenter. Yep. The other one I want you to take a look at because of your Toyota roots is you need to go drive a 2016 or above Highlander. It is the direct competitor to the Acadia Traverse. You already like Toyotas. You've had them forever. They run for you. We're talking seven seats. We're talking something that has this same dynamics you're hoping for. It looks truck-like, but it drives car-like, plenty of seats, decent gas mileage. Go shop Highlanders as well. I think one of those gets this done. I would prefer to get you out of a traditional truck and into unibody CUV. I think that's the feel you're going for, and you just haven't landed on it yet.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm I'm mixed about it. He I like I know. your he has a he has a truck history. Yeah, you know, yeah, the the truck history. He was looking at Tundras. He was looking at that Ram, mm-hmm. and I think that truck appeals to him. But I do like the point that you made about you know getting a little bit better handling. A little bit more interior enclosed hmm. space, that yeah. kind of thing. The, the I minute, do see that.
1: The minute you say truck looks and car dynamics, that is a CUV. That is the reason they exist. That was the reason they were built, essentially. It is. Yeah. It
0: just seems like there's so many flavors now. How do you differentiate? Into, it gets insane. You know, I'm Listen leaning to more towards rant. power. I'm leaning more towards <laughs> space, you know. Yeah. What one is the best? And listen then, to our rant on the last
1: podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I would say though the place that I actually really like CUVs is not the five seat; it is the sevens. I think at the sevens they become a very compelling vehicle because they are now the minivan alternative, and they have a surprising amount of space and style. Considering
0: here, yeah, but I feel like the, 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 the weight the, goes up and the handling. Abilities well, go
1: down. That, was, that is on every car on the planet. Once the weight goes up, there you go. I mean, that's the XC90 that mom already has. Is is a CUV like we're talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, these seven-seaters like this. It's the five-seaters where I'm like, why do you need to get a car? At the seven-seater, I'm like, okay, you need a CUV. Well, I'm just trying to
0: justify my Macan love over here. So.
1: Uh, well, but you're justifying uh, your Macan love because it's it, it's essentially the uh, the Porsche hatchback that they put on a lift kit. Well, yeah, I'm fine with that. You and know. it's a Porsche
0: that that happened too. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Jax. Thank you. Very much for writing in. We really appreciate it. And if you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Or on the website, you can find us there. A lot of people are actually going to the website and saying, "Contact us" and sending the email through which that. Is great. So we see them that's all. Also excellent.
1: We're getting we're getting deluged with these requests. Thank you for that. Actually, in an upcoming podcast, we're going to be covering some of the "What did they buy?" stuff, which we've been getting some really great emails back on that. Thank you for writing back to us. I never thought about this at the time, but us putting actual episode numbers on our podcast has revolutionized the ability for people to write back in and be <laughs> no. like, "This is what I got."
0: Like, I can look up that podcast. Exactly. Now I know right. who you are. Wait but anyway,
1: thank you for doing that as well. Those are coming soon.
0: Guys, we will take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Guys, if you ever wanted to help this podcast, we have a way you can do it that costs you nothing. It comes up about once a year. This is the Podcast One survey. This is actually a very important thing for us. You guys were vital last year in doing this survey for us. It only takes about five minutes. You go to podcastone.com
0: slash my survey or just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. So what this does is it's a demographic survey, which is short. It's completely anonymous, but it helps align the appropriate advertisers to you, to our audience. As we found when we first started out, there were some random ads out there and you called us out on it. So this actually helps direct the audience advertising.
1: So if you'd like to have ads that relate to you, if you'd like to help this show stay free and run fewer ads that actually relate, that's what this survey is for. Even if you did it last year, first off, thank you. It was very helpful. We need at least 100 of you to do this survey again this year. Again, you can find it at podcastone.com. Five minutes.
0: Please take the survey for us. It will help this show immensely. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is,
1: you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to GEICO.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% on your car insurance or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Sometimes finding a proper fitting shirt can be difficult, especially dress shirts. When I was a kid, my dad spent an entire day in London Buying custom shirts for him to wear it was very expensive. We lived in England at the time. He spent a ton of money and a ton of time trying to get a proper fitting shirt.
0: Not necessary anymore. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds. And what you do is you answer 10 simple questions. You can choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, you know, from classic to business all the way to casual. Customize your shirts, and it gets you the style that you want.
1: A Proper Cloth shirt is risk-free. They guarantee a proper fit, meaning if it somehow doesn't fit you right, they will remake it for you for free. This is the future of shirts. They start at just $80. Now, that might feel expensive, but here's the thing. You go to propercloth.com slash everyday, you can get $20 off your first shirt. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't
0: that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out.
1: Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. Brush Hero is water-powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces, and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on a mountain bike, and it was brilliant.
0: While originally designed for fast and easy, expert level car and motorcycle detailing, the Brush Hero can clean virtually anything. You name it rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories.
1: Everyday Driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right. Use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores if you don't want the discount. All orders over $40 ship
0: for free. And again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. I'm intrigued by your choice about what we should get Dan in L.A. for his convertible. Mm. I mean, we've we've told you this, those of you listening. We do not consult each other on our choices for the debate before we begin here. Well I was reading the surprise. I was reading
1: it and I thought, well here's your car. And then and then as soon as I thought of it, I was like, well what are some other options around that? And went, No
0: no, 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 no. I haven't done a sniper shot in forever. I'm gonna call my shot at one car for Dan. Are you really? All right, here's Dan's story. He's always loved driving He's pushing for some value of luxury and comfort, but he's had his fair share of the usual entry-level luxury sedans, coupes, and convertibles. Mm-hmm. So he said the 3 Series in every variety, the CTS, the C-Class, the A4s. Mm-hmm. Those have been covered for sure, yep. He's in Los Angeles, and he moved to Austin, Texas for five years. And naturally, as you do when you move to Texas, he bought a pickup truck. <laughs> Isn't that, don't they take your car away? There's practically
1: a pickup truck lane, which is actually every lane on the freeway now that I think about it. Yeah, it's just pickups are all over the place,
0: for sure. He said he had an F-150 and a Silverado during that time for Mm -hmm. his work. But then before he moved back to L.A., he got a Mustang GT, and then he figured, I'm going to either end up in jail or I'm going to end up dead because of the power, (laughs) which he traded for a Macan. Very interesting trade, yeah. So he loved the Macan, as you do. And then his wife's car suddenly died... And because they were buying a condo and moving, he didn't have a down payment. So what he did is he gave her the Macan and then got him a new A3 with zero down. No money down. Just a little lease. Yep. So he said the A3 is great, but it's, you know, pretty vanilla. It's comfortable, pretty quick, but he hates front-wheel drive and the dynamics aren't what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now he's in L.A., He said, fast forward, looking to replace this A3. Yep. And his budget is very healthy $40,000 and limiting me to 50 grand. Yep. Which I'm taking all of that, Dan. And he's not only looking at new, but I am going to try to convince you otherwise. (laughs) Of course you are. You're going to go out of
1: the budget and you're going to go away to used. Well, I better know where you're going. There's there's
0: deals to be had. There's cars to be had. And he said, I'm not looking for something super hot like the Mustang GT. Mm -hmm. Although I might have blown that up too. No kids, (laughs) no family at all.
1: All of those things you mentioned, Dan, Paul, has had blinders to all of them. None of that applies, just so you know.
0: Well, it's because of the car, and I think I you're going to instantly want it. And he said the favorite car that he's owned is a BMW Z4 that he had for six months before moving to Texas. Mm-hmm. He said he'd love to have a Z4 again, but they're discontinued, so I'd love your guys' help. They're actually not discontinued, Dan. They're actually brand new on the website, and you can find pretty fairly new ones like a 2016 Z4 S drive 35 IS. Mm-hmm. It's a mouthful. 16,000 miles for 48, nine. Ooh, okay. All right. Gorgeous hard top convertible in this dark yeah. blue. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. Beautiful. I actually like what they've done with the stretching it a little bit and making it very long nose. and mm-hmm. just, Really classic proportions. Because of that long nose really in like that it. car, it always looks longer than it really is. Once
1: you see one in person, like, it's
0: actually not that big.
1: Right. But it, but it looks but kind it of huge. Yeah. You know, you see photos of it, you're like, that's, that's a really long car. And it's, it's a normal, you know, it, it, alongside all its competitors, it's
0: about that size. I just, I like the looks. I like what they've done. And I, I want them to continue to evolve that. And it sounds like they will. Hopefully, yeah. With a Z5, yeah, we'll yeah. have to see what that looks like. Yeah, for in sure. A while. But you would think that I would run naturally to a Boxster. I would think that, yes. Which, yes. Used, I, used for sure. I have to mention that, but a brand new Boxster is out of your budget, Dave. Absolutely. Brand new is not touching it. Not at all. So I'm actually staying used. I broke all your rules. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm going to work my way there. It still be compelling, though. You think 2 Series. You've had all the 3 Series, so you mm-hmm. could go back to a BMW 2 Series. Brand new 230i convertibles with 248 horsepower. I think are still going to blow up your budget. Mm, You're going to yeah. have to go slightly used, maybe, or just keep the cost down. Shop in the world on of one-year-old cars, and you have a whole yeah. different world. Yeah, I see that. I see that. But is we're now coming to the wild card. Okay, it isn't a Porsche. Okay, I, I'm so excited to hear yours, but I'm going to say 2014 used Jaguar F-Type V8 S. With 23,000 miles for wow. 499. is compelling. Five liter supercharged V8. Almost 500 horsepower. <laughs> this is the opposite of vanilla, Dan. It's
1: the opposite of what he asked for.
0: <laughs> it is. He
1: wants less power than the G T. Oh, but no. as soon
0: as you hear Dan this dead car. Dan is wrapped around a tree. As yeah. soon as you hear this car, you're going to melt. Everybody's awesome. heart melts. It sounds awesome. Jaguar F-Type. I'm, I'm calling it for you, Dan. Wow. What do you th- I they turn my head? They're sexy and beautiful. They're, they're and very cool. Them. The F types are
1: awesome. Ugh, they're really
0: awesome. F type. They,
1: they they are a fantastic deal used in general. They're not bad new, but they're a fantastic
0: deal. three thousand miles. Yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. is satellite gray with the red volcano leather seats hmm. and the black instrument panel. The, oh. the only time I can almost
1: handle gray cars is when they have a, a really bright interior color. It's got and a tinge of blue,
0: cool. like sky blue into mean. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really compelling, and huh. it's sitting there. It's waiting,
1: Dan. Okay. Well, so, Dan, um, now that Paul broke all your rules, I'm going to try to abide <laughs> by those rules. Uh, but I, I cool choices. I mean, that, that's the really interesting thing. The biggest thing that struck me here, Dan, is that you had a Mustang GT, and you just thought, this is too much.
0: Okay, That's yeah. the
1: real thing that resonated with me. You just thought, I don't need this much power. That's what I'm reading into it. I don't need this much power. I'm going to hurt myself. I, I want to use this car and enjoy it. This is too much. That really struck me. Okay. And then your need for new and convertible. I started thinking about all these pieces, and I went, wait, hang on. Dan, I have your car. Really? I have your car. You can go out right now with your $40,000 budget and buy a new one. Really? The Mazda MX5 RF, retractable fastback. That's great, actually. It isn't, you're not going to drive that car and think. And and, and side note, real quick yes, the Mazda MX5 is coming with 180 horsepower. I cannot wait to drive that car. Uh, I I don't know. And and Dan, here's the only place place I'm going to put you on hold. I don't know how long it's going to take for that 180-horsepower bump to cycle its way through ones you can get and wind up in the RF. I don't know. I have no idea. If you bought the current RF with its current horsepower of 150, whatever it is, I think you'd still really enjoy it. Even at 150 or 180, that car is not going to feel like it's outrunning you. That's going to feel like a good amount of power. I would prefer you to be in the bigger one, but even at the the current rate of horsepower. 155. Even at that, this car is a car you're going to enjoy You get it on a back road. Now, L.A. has so many good back roads. L.A. has back roads that are actually – if you have a convertible that is well-balanced and you can only go 30 on a back road because you're sitting in traffic, you're still having a great time. Very true. That is one of the cool things about the L.A. area. So the Mazda – but it's got that hard top. You have the rare bad weather days or you don't want to be in the sunshine today in LA, you've got the retractable fastback. The hard top is up, but then you can drop it down. It's a great looking car with the top up. It's a great looking car with the top down. Yeah. 40 grand gets you a loaded out one. Oh, there. The one we drove was yeah. was the launch edition, which was even extra expensive and it was 42. Now that I thought that was a little much. But you can go buy one right yeah, now for 40 with everything you want on it. And it's not going to outrun you great balance on any back road back there. You've got the California Sunshine to work with. It's got the convertible. It looks great. I am, I, I, like I said, I landed on that one and I went, I could go to three or four others and I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop. Mazda MX-5 RF and you're done, Dan.
0: You know that RF is kind of like a mini Z4 hardtop. In many ways it is. It's, it's a in bit smaller proportions, but this, the overall proportions are there just mm-hmm. in kind of 75% yes. scale there.
1: I, honestly, Dan. 80%. It's a car that if, here's the thing, if I knew, I I do like it this much, if I knew I could buy one and fit in it the day I bought it, it would be in my top five cars on my personal wish list right now. The problem is, the problem is, if I were to buy one, the first thing I would have to do is have to figure out how to fit. And that's that. that yeah. Drops it off of that shortlist for me personally because I don't want to have to worry about that. I mean, seat
0: modifications are
1: possible. They're possible. You, you can put in different seats. You can do all that, all that. of that's possible. But the day you buy it, you don't fit. That really is is a strike for me personally against that car. But I'm you know I've got a weird torso and I don't fit in a lot of things. So yeah. okay,
0: Dan, I'm telling you, I'm stopping right there. <laughs> right. We're going to have to hear from Dan Mm because, you know, I know there's a lot of power, but buy a car for sound. Sure. Buy a car for the noise. (laughs) Why not? Blow the budget. Go use to buy a more powerful car. I, I, I,
1: I look, broke the rules, but it's an F-Type. I do oh, like your thinking because you landed on a convertible F-Type, gorgeous. which is a good place to be. But How yeah. gorgeous are those? Uh, yeah, Mazda uh, MX-5. Okay. <F-2>
0: All right. Well, we're jumping over to social media questions. Thank you guys for writing so many great ones. Yeah, it's good. Really, really appreciate this. And this is the time when we post for questions during, usually during the day that we mm-hmm. podcast. So it's just kind of stuff that's on your mind, what's current, what's relevant. By the way, Toyota for the Le Mans win. Congratulations to Alonso, yeah, very cool. Well deserved. I'm really thrilled for that guy. Very Just, cool. It was yeah, fun to yeah, watch yeah. the race. It'd be interesting to see if he can really pull off the triple
1: thing that he's going yeah. for. If he can get Indy as well, and, and you and I were talking about this this weekend. It's interesting that he has apparently embraced his F1 issues. And started to use it, as far as I can tell, we don't know mm-hmm. what really is going on behind the scenes, but kind of use those F1 issues as, I will stay with you, team, with problems, if you will allow me waivers to go to these other things and try it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, He's got to have a, the most unique deal in F1 as a result. Because I don't think anybody else is out there even trying to do this, but clearly, because think about it as, as actors or sports people. Actors are a great example. When actors are on the hook to be on a film, they typically have got contracts that read about all the sports they normally do that they can't do while they're on the film or prepping for the film. Athletes often have waivers in their in their thing or exclusions in their in their clauses where if you're off season you can't do the following things, we don't want to get injured. Here's an F one driver that has got waivers to allow him to drive high speed in other places and his F one contract folks
0: are okay with it. Although I will say Nico Hulkenberg was part of the 2015 Porsche 919 team when mm-hmm. they came back to Le Mans and won. True. Yeah. Sort yeah, of yeah. won for the first time after winning for Mark Webber, yeah. 18 other times. Yeah, well there's yeah. 19 the, the, now. The
1: return to Le Mans.
0: Yes. Yes. So Nico drove still drives for Renault, and mm-hmm. he came back, and so he was part of the trio that won that yeah. year. And there have been a few others. Yeah, Mark Certainly. Weber and Certainly. You've got to get the
1: way- – well, Weber, Weber was out of F1 at he that point. He was out, yeah, that's So true. it's interesting that's to true. see who who negotiates those kind of things. But Fernando clearly has got this triple on his mind to get Indy, Le Mans, and F1, and he is negotiating appropriately to do that. So he's
0: got two out of three now. It be really interesting to see if he can pull off the third. Yeah, very cool. All right, jumping into questions from Facebook. Trenton T. asks, if we could bring back a defunct car brand, which one would it be? Hmm. I have two, Trenton. First one is Saab because of their uniqueness. Because in of the, the reason? Well, because of the reason. <laughs> their uniqueness in, in the car world and the yeah. influence that they had yeah. and the unique things that they brought. I mean, can you imagine modern Saabs now and if they mm. truly were a, a great brand and they were making mm. money okay. and all that kind all of right. stuff? I think I would like what they would add to the landscape from a luxury and performance and some kind of the give Subaru a run for their money, but in a more luxurious way. I'd hmm. kind of like to okay. see that Crosstrek that Saab would build. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah. And then speaking of that, why not AMC that had the hmm. Eagle wagon that hmm. was way before its time in 78 or 79? It was the Subaru Crosstrek in 1980. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. So why not AMC and, you know, pushing that brand forward into, you know, some, Hmm. I guess, some luxury, but again, more in that giving Subaru and Mazda a run for their money in terms of the choices for CUVs and, you know, well-priced. Both those brands could be very well-priced and very competitive. Hmm. But, I mean, they're both gone, of course, and absorbed and off the radar. But I was just kind of thinking about those two brands lately.
1: Interesting. I I would say TVR, but apparently they're coming back, so I don't have to say them anymore. Yes. Uh, Two others that I can think of, American brands. The problem is I don't know that either one of these would really survive on the kind of product I think they would need to make. But one is, it was actually mentioned in the comments, is is Pontiac. I would like GM to have a performance-only division. Now I've mentioned before I'd yeah. love I'd love for them to take Corvette and make and do a whole lineup under the Corvette label and just go that way with Corvette. I think they could. But I don't know if they will. So how about a all performance focused division out of GM and do that under the Pontiac label? That'd I be could very actually,
0: cool. You're right. I can actually see that because to me Corvette is one car. It's not a brand. that's what it's always it's been. Absolutely. Only yep. one car and and that's it. So you think about Corvette, it's not mm-hmm. which Corvette? Do you have the two door? Do you have this you yeah. know, the tiny C U V thing? Wh- which one do you have? It's Yeah. And Pontiac used to build their own engines. They were different from the typical GM engines. And if they had their own lineup with something different instead of well, yeah, plopping I, the same totally. supercharged V8 and whatever Pontiac makes. Well, make the 86
1: competitor yeah. in, in that yeah. world. You know, make, Or you know, a Miata competitor, however you want to look at it and, in Pontiac. Make a nice big, let's bring back the Chevy SS idea, but put it under Pontiac, the new G8 or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. By the way, we need some names here, not just some nomenclature. But right. Pontiac. And then the other one I thought of that I feel like is one of those cars that maintains its perception when you hear this name, but I don't know that they would have a market and that's Packard. Huh? Packard was a Maybach. They were the big, they were luxurious American cars. They were the, they were almost like the better than the Cadillacs. The Packards were the big boys. Oh no. Oh yeah. If you want to think about it like an American Maybach, I don't know where the market is for that car. But the idea of Packard coming back because of that reputation would be really cool. I just don't think it makes sense.
0: I mean, at the top end of the market for luxury, I mean. I don't know
1: that anybody's buying that car. That's the problem. Because, I mean, look, the Maybach
0: Maybach wasn't a success. Not really. I mean, they kind of forced that, and it's been Mm -hmm. relegated to a version of the S-Class. Exactly. Exactly right. So I think mm-hmm. it, I
1: think it's a market that probably I – mean, look at all the struggles Lincoln's having. Look at the struggles Cadillac's having. Yeah, true. I don't know that it makes any sense at all, but I just – that's one of those, uh, to me, very American
0: brands that, that really defined itself at the time and now is completely gone. Well, there was a question from Jarrett P. on Facebook, too, that I think you should answer about Uh-oh. how do you explain to your spouse – who views cars as appliances to hang on with you during your protracted attempts to test drive and search in a tri-state area for the perfect car. <laughs> he said his wife desperately wants him to settle on a single car sooner rather than later. Of course she does. She wants to be done with this conversation. Uh, so
1: first off, Jared, you need to talk to people like us and not your your poor... Uh, tolerant wife about cars. You're going to have to just talk to somebody else. Let us be your car counselor. Find your car counseling friends and leave (laughs) your wife alone. That's part of it. The second thing is, what does she take a long time to decide on? Interesting. That's the biggest question I've got here because to be honest with you, I don't know that you're you're going, if she's not already with you, my, my wife has, become, has has moved from tolerant to actually somewhat interested, which is great, which is great. It's pretty cool. And she really likes driving the Lotus Elise, of all things, which shocks me. I mean, She took it for errands the other day? She took it for errands. I, I, took the mini, I took the Mini on Friday, and so, so I get this text message. <laughs> she's like, hey, you mind if I take the Lotus? And I knew she had a bunch of errands to do, and I was like, sure, if it works for her. She took the Lotus
0: all day. Fantastic. Which is awesome.
1: So I, I'm glad that she likes it, but you know, there have to, has to be something that your wife, it could be, and I say this because my wife is this way, about shoes. She will just randomly show me a picture of shoes. She'll be like, these shoes. I'm like, you have shoes. You, you have, this is a place I don't get it. I'm like, you have shoes. You have shoes that look kind of like those shoes. Yes, those are nice shoes. Yes, like, those are sexy don't shoes. Don't you have are, three pairs of those? But don't, don't you – aren't they kind of like the shoes with the with the thing and the – I don't get it. Okay? But she can look at shoes indefinitely and she can like think about shoes. like, huh, now those – would work with this and they wouldn't work with it i'm over here going in their shoes okay <laughs> all right so so what is the thing that your wife like ponders about okay. which variation should i do because I, and i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying there's a will you do this it, i'm not this is not an accusational thing i'm just saying that to me is your conduit of conversation to just say for me cars are like that thing for you where i'm going to be shopping even after i buy something I'm going to be thinking right. about what I want to buy for far too long before I buy it. We all have that kind of thing that just we keep looking at on the internet for no apparent Pretty reason. Pretty much. By the way, some of that is scary, but I'm talking products now. So, <laughs> you know, so so what is the thing that that you could j- look? You also have to prepare her for the fact that when you find this car. She will find you. This is this is car porn, folks. She will find you a week later online, looking at some car. She's gonna be like, "You just bought a thing? which you just found the perfect? Quite exactly. And you're gonna be like, yeah, but this is a cool car. Find that thing for her, and at least try to see if you can equate the headspaces. And then don't bother her with the shopping. Bother the car people in your life.
0: Yeah, we'll right. help you
1: find the right thing.
0: Are you just talking products? So it could be shoes. It could be other things. Because the, be the more the more guys' whatever. wives that I run into, and, and stuff comes up, and so they start talking about handbags like Coach and Louis Vuitton, so, and that yes. is it. Just products, shoes, handbags, whatever, whatever that is. My, my wife's not big into handbags. Yeah, I know. but she is into shoes. But and so that's why like so that's many, why I think about it. oh, friends' of wives, women. They, plenty of women that, are into they're that. They're collecting. They're they're talking about the Tupperware storage unit for their handbag collection. I'm going what? Yeah, and, and please don't get me wrong. I mean
1: your wife might be into power tools. I don't know what it is. It's, I'm not talking about stereotypical female products either. I'm just saying there has to be something that your wife will think about for what you consider too long before buying. And then after buying that perfect thing she shopped for, she's still looking at them. That's you in cars. So find that and find the common ground in that reality. And hopefully you can come to truce.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's not just the, as you said, sort of stereotypical things. There's uh, some friends of ours who live in Alaska, Tim and Jamie. And Jamie came over when we had our garage sale recently there in Alaska, and we were getting rid of my grandfather's old tools that his Mm -hmm. grandfather had built. I mean, we're talking planers and saws and this kind of stuff, and she admitted to us that, yeah, she and Tim watch videos about old tools, (laughs) and she nearly cried when she saw this collection of saws and various tools, and we're thinking, you know, I don't need the crank hand drill thing anymore. I've got a electric cordless <laughs> thing that's fine and she just zit, zit, zit. she yep. got teary-eyed because they're so into tools and it it's true i mean huh. like vintage yeah wooden metal handcrafted stuff you know the the levels you have to use water in the level to amazing it's amazing. crazy but she was overjoyed my
1: my one of my wife's very best friends her husband is into old locks like old padlocks well, that's kind of cool it's kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm like, it's an old padlock. I mean, don't you kid and get you get a new lock? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the things I'm not into, I just don't get. Clearly, that's what I'm. What i But I'm everybody has you. their thing. To your but point, but he just like old padlocks, and he'll spin you like it's a hundred dollar old padlock. And I'm going, there's a hundred dollar old padlock. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dud. So you have to get
0: that like what two is, tanks of gas ser-
1: huh, at least. So so what is so what is your thing? And and hopefully that conversation with your wife will go uh, somewhere positive. Uh, Benedict Joseph wrote in on Facebook and also writing to me and said, uh, what is the age or size? I felt comfortable letting. My my son sit in the front passenger seat.
0: Oh yeah, I'm glad you're addressing this. Uh, first off, I only, I, I only
1: bought two seat cars, which meant that was going to happen anyway. So there is that. But but honestly, <laughs> son, here's how do you
0: feel about luggage racks?
1: <laughs> here's here's the two biggest things I want you to be concerned about. It's about making sure your your little one is sitting there safely in the car. And there's two major factors. One, you need to make sure that the passenger airbag will not be triggered. Now, some cars, you can turn it off. Mm-hmm. Other cars, the sensors in the dead center of the seat, this was my experience was with the FRS, for example, uh, which obviously had back seats. Uh, because it had bad seats, back seats, it did not have a passenger airbag turnoff. However, the way that the booster seat would sit in the passenger seat, it would straddle the sensor. Mm. And so it was still didn't know there was a passenger there. Interesting. You do not want that passenger airbag to fire on a child. That is not good news. So that's the first thing, to make sure you don't, aren't going to have a fa- passenger airbag either be sensed that there's somebody there or you can turn it off. It depends on the car. The other thing is the booster seat is key because what you want to do is you want to get that that shoulder belt on the shoulder. I know that sounds obvious, but what the reason good. for booster seats is because it gets it and it goes across their neck. Also, really bad news. If you can surmount those two realities, Bendick, your child is tall enough. And those were the things I was worried yeah. about when I first got my son in the front seat of things. It was just I, I still check in on him, but just making sure, for example, uh, a week or so ago, he rode around in the mini without his booster. Oh, no, because kidding. we could lift the seat up in the mini big enough that he's just, he's okay. He now Oh, it is adjusted there fine. And, the, and the, he can, we can get the shoulder belt on his shoulder oh, still, that's and great. he's tall enough now. So he, now he's not tall enough yet in the Lotus for that to work. Right. So you've got to balance those two realities. I've uh, come back to the thing I've said before, and that is uh, they cannot require you to buy a car with back seats because you decided to procreate. But you've got to so, solve these
0: two issues. <laughs> All right. There's a question over here on Instagram from remington.g21. He said, Paul. Why did you get an auto in your Cayman GTS Oh, when Porsche makes some of the best manuals on the market? And he said, (sighs) yes. I said, auto, not PDK, not dual-clutch, auto. Well, Hmm. that was... It entered my mind when I was shopping. And, of course, finding the color and the exact specs with the transmission that you want, it's more difficult when you're shopping used. Sure, yeah, yeah. But... When you say automatic, <laughs> yes, it shifts for you, but I challenge you to drive the PDK and then still continue to call it just an auto. I, I agree with that. Because with that. Porsche does put an automatic in one of their cars, it's the Cayenne. They do not put oh, yeah. PDK in the Cayenne, at least they haven't yet, even with the new generation. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still an automatic. Mm-hmm. So you go drive that, and then you come over here and drive a PDK, and yeah. I challenge you to keep calling it a PDK. Or keep Same, calling it auto. I, I will, or I will an auto, back yes. your play there. I'll back your play there. As the person that
1: owns an automatic Cayenne. Yes. That six-speed—I'll I'll go back another step. We had a GMC Acadia before. Okay, Six-speed right. automatic. Six-speed right. traditional automatic. Now we have a Cayenne. Six-speed traditional automatic. The Cayenne gearbox, an automatic now, feels like a race transmission compared to the GMC Acadia. Yes. yes. But it is still a traditional auto. The difference between that and your PDK that I drove this weekend, they they don't even feel like related technology. Yeah. Your PDK, and I said to you when when I was driving your Cayman this weekend, I think if I were buying a Porsche— Let's go G T three. Look, there was there's been all this this, this internet rage when the G T three came out the last time with only PDK. But right. here's the thing where you and I see PD uh part where you and I see GT threes all the time is the ring and spa. Pretty much. If I had the money and the ability to fly around the world and just go to the ring and spa for fun, was buying a Porsche GT three, I would buy the PDK for track use. As much as I love manual transmissions and I love them. I own two cars with manuals and they couldn't be more different, okay? But as much as I love a manual, if I was going to be tracking all the time, I would only buy PDK because it is truly brilliant. And I say this is the guy driving the all manual Lotus Elise. It is not an automatic. It is telepathic in its shifting. Now, I'll be, I'll throw you under the bus, Paul. I kind of wish you'd bought a 6-speed manual. But every time I drive your Cayman, I am amazed again. At how good the PDK is, and when you and when somebody says it's just an auto, it, it suggests to me—I may be wrong—it suggests to me you haven't driven a PDK because they really are—they're they're in a different category. They are, even than the DSGs from Volkswagen
0: or the DCTs from uh, BMW, they're still a category above. Remington, there is also the fact that I have heard other Cayman GTS owners of my same year, 2015 and 16, and have said. I actually kind of wish I got the PDK because the shifting in that particular car isn't as good as they want it. not as good as they mm. s- wanted out of that car. Yeah. yeah. That's astounding to me. That is interesting. That is interesting. Now, they could be slicing the onion very thinly. Mm-hmm. I hope they are because Porsche is not known to make... Manual transmissions that don't feel good, let's be honest. <laughs> Typically, poor transmissions are not common in their modern cars. Yes. But you cannot say, and, and by I wouldn't say that it's a demeaning suggestion to say, oh, it's only an auto and therefore it points to your driving abilities. Do I miss manuals? Do I want manuals? Of course I do. Yeah. But the PDK, the fact that it had PDK, didn't turn me off. It didn't turn me away from I the car. I think it's the
1: rare transmission where that's the case.
0: I'd, I'll take either in that car. And there's so many buyers and owners mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. transmission that would say i i'd rather have this because it Mm. isn't an auto just like you wouldn't call the bmw smg an automatic transmission it's a sequential manual gearbox and not not an auto and it's because of the interaction and the way you interact with that Mm. transmission Mm. it's different than pdk it's different than their dct clutch sure i see that okay that's an interesting comparison again i i ask you to drive it and then come back to me and try to convince me it's still an automatic I challenge you
1: that that you you just decided to walk into a room full of rakes there. Hold I, did. I uh, did. Terry O'Donnell wrote in uh, Track Daily Crush, the People's Car Edition. You ready? <laughs> the original Mini Cooper, the original Volkswagen Beetle, Ooh. or a Citroen C uh, two CV.
0: Oh, Ooh. I'm
1: going to daily the Citroen. Are you? And track the original Mini,
0: and crush maybe twice the original Beetle. <laughs> yeah. I am kind of with you, although well, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing because that mini on track would be a hoot. It'd be it'd be a laugh. It'd be a constant laugh. There was a guy that I was talking to years ago, and he said he grew up having one of those cars, mm-hmm. and he had a, he had a friend that would always go with him in the canyons, and his friend would be in the back. They took the rear seats out. <laughs> his friend would be in the back and actually doing rider active weight shift. Oh my god! He was gosh. driving. His friend was. Lean, like holding onto the sides of the car and leaning through corners to throw his body weight around so they could go faster through corners and get better grip. And then, then <laughs> and then they trade seats. And then they would trade. It's this like, is what you do with minis. It's like using a
1: mini as if it's a sidecar. I love it. I was at, I was at the uh, Park City Car Club this weekend. Yeah, right. And a guy rolled in on a scooter with a sidecar. And the sidecar was, nice. I think, the world's oldest Labrador sitting <laughs> in the sidecar as calm as the day is long. Probably
0: done it his whole life. I've done it, done it the whole life. It was hysterical. Loved it. Awesome. All right. Well, did you see Alexander S's question about the gear that we use for shoots? Yes. It's kind of interesting. Gear he follows a list. Yeah, it's a lot. We can touch on some of the stuff because there's, of course, a lot, and then there's the editing software that we use too. Mm-hmm. But he was asking. Should we, you know, what gear do we use? Can you go through detail, all the gear that we use to shoot with for various Mm -hmm. episodes, cameras, suction mounts, tripods? There's actually a lot, and it's morphed over the years. We've actually streamlined and lightened things. Yeah, That's the whole headspace is thinner, lighter, more Mm -hmm. travel-friendly, I guess. Completely. No, that's the the thing.
1: If you looked at our gear, and Edgar and Chance can both attest to this, our gear five years ago probably weighed twice what it does now. Oh, yeah. We have really been concerned about... Good image quality. We're up to 4K now in, in resolution, but good image quality that is also light and easy to use because we've had stuff along the way. For example, I had, we had a Blackmagic uh, Pocket Cinema camera for a while that I loved. I loved it. It's got I such a good image. I was the only one that was happy using it because it was fiddly in menus and it yeah. was difficult to use. And that was problematic in our productions because we, we were very light and we moved very quick.
0: So, just shot setup as yeah, soon as we get out we totally, need that shot totally. and we need to move on so
1: we, uh, we have a jib that we use that we actually really love. We use a jib in the back of a uh, uh, the back of hatchbacks to, in order to get our follow footage. Nobody else seems to do that. We get a lot of camera movement out of that, and I'm really proud of that. We have a tri- triangulation kit triangulation kit to say that quickly, yes <laughs> uh, that we use that is uh, three suction cups outside of the one that the camera is on, so four suction cups total. Right. And it kind of locks it down to the fenders. We use uh, the Lumix series of cameras from Panasonic now. We went into 4K, went with the Lumix. I like the price point, and I like the menu setup because the menu setup is – I know this sounds weird. I'm off in the weeds here. The menus are similar to the Canons we came out of, which is Mm -hmm. one of the big deciding factors when we went with the Lumix. Plus, I do like the image. And they're light. Which means we can we can mount them on the side of a car with very minimal. The reason a GoPro mounts so well on the side of a car is because it has no weight. Yeah. So there's exactly. no you know unsprung weight issues, if you will. So we those Lumix are light and small enough we can mount them really solid on the cars. We don't get vibration. Vibration drives me nuts. Yeah. So we're yeah. using the Lumix cameras. We do have really nice Canon glass we use on the front of those mostly. Yeah. Kept the glass. Uh, GoPros but... are in the mix, uh, and uh, Zoom audio recorders. Those are kind of the high points.
0: Yep. So the Canon glass goes through a Metabones adapter. Mm-hmm. attached the front of the Panasonic cameras yep. yep and then what else uh various sliders and some portable jibs and yep. Yep. just uh we, yeah we also use in car radios too so when we're doing we the do. drive by we need to it's really mean, important
1: here's the thing everybody in the last i think 3 or 4 years i feel like i say everybody because i feel like everybody doing uh inexpensive production has gone to stabilizers mhm yeah and they're cool. Don't be wrong. They're very cool. They run around. I mean, think about the fact that 20 years ago you had to have a huge, you know, steady rig, oh, and now yeah. it's, a, it's a handheld, single, single-handed thing. They're That's very amazing. cool, but I feel like everybody's footage starts to look the same because you're now not thinking about shots anymore. You're just walking around with the camera. I am still a little bit obsessed with grounded shots. I want the camera connected to the earth in some way and now moving. That's why we use jibs, we use sliders, these kind of things. It's a slightly different look. Uh, you could argue it's an old-fashioned look, but it also now, as everybody else has gone with stabilizers, makes
0: us look a little bit unique, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Did you see a question on Instagram from P 23 He says, if you tracked your car once, do you think it needs to be included in the description when you sell the car? No. I don't think so either. Once, not really. Multiple times, Maybe it might be good because the owner could find something in the future and think, wait a minute, there's a whole lot of extra wear on whatever part. possibly. But once... I can't really think that would affect things too much. Well, and think about it.
1: I mean, any car you're buying, any performance car you're buying, somebody probably, unless the they're Porsche and you looked it up, somebody probably hit the rev limiter once. Somebody probably did something boneheaded and, and clipped a curve sure. once. I mean, that's there's no way that the average person selling an enthusiast car is disclosing the random time they took it out and hooned it to the person about to buy it. You tracked it on a track once, it came back fine, you know, are the brake pads decent, uh, let's move unless on. Unless
0: there was significant damage. Well, if you damaged
1: it on the track, it's a different discussion. But if you uh, took it to a track day and you brought it home at the end of the day, uh, who cares? Yeah, exactly. All right, what else did you find on here? Uh, Well, let's see. There's, oh, I have to say this, the one profit on Instagram. (laughs) Each of you are allowed to drive one track and one track only for the remainder of all of your future track days. One track and one track only. And you can only drive one car on that track. Oh, this is hard. What would the track be and what would the car be? I'm thinking,
0: uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's assuming that we would have driven so many tracks that, you know, we've driven a few, quite a few, but not all the tracks, of course, in the U.S. or Europe or Japan or everywhere else. So I'd have to probably stay, well, uh, okay, I'm going to go spa. I've got to go spa. It's one of my favorites. It's amazing. It's just spectacular. I, I love extracting and changing my driving line and seeing what it does sure, to my sure, sure. entry and exits. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those tracks that you really can just change this little thing and it shoots you out differently at the other end. Just, yeah. 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 you could say that about any corner, but you know what I mean? It just, well, think it's about, so about dramatic yeah. on, on uh spa there. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's that double left. And,
1: uh, you know, it's just amazing. The stuff that happens there as you just change, I'm going to break and I'm going to turn
0: it right here. And it changes the whole line of the corner. I mean, I see that. I see that. Something Porsche, but I had a blast in that BMW M2. It yeah. was yeah, astounding yeah. on that track. It just size, mm, power, yeah, all of that just. Whoa, it was pretty close to Nirvana for me. Okay, on
1: that track. Well, in the typical f- fashion where you and I split split the discussion, I'm going to go the Ring. Are you? I'm going to go the Nordschleife. Are you? Absolutely, the Nordschleife indefinitely. The car parts hard. It is, I, but I the Nordschleife, uh, I would say, indefinitely. Direction. I think one of two cars for it. Okay, either the uh, Lotus Evora 400, good, or if I get 410, 430, let's go with the race versions. Great, either that or a GT3, mm. the 911 GT3. One mm. of those two, and just give me space. Just let me run. I just, I, I don't think I would get bored. I
0: really <laughs> don't think I would. So back to the so hot we're going plate back to pilgrimage. with a tent and yeah, your seriously. GT3 out front, and life is good. And more reasons that we're very
1: sad we're not doing pilgrimage this year, but we'll be back next year because clearly you and I have got to get back on those tracks.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, we've talked a lot about track days. There's some more discussion TBD at this point, but mm-hmm. we're, we're talking it through for, for details. Sure. We will definitely let you yep. guys know for sure. But for now, we'll stop there. Thank you guys for the questions. Please keep asking. We'll get to more of these in the future. And uh, they're so great. There's so much cool stuff on here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we will leave it at that. Like I said, more coming at you. The TV season is coming quickly. Can't wait to share it. Yeah,
1: nobody's more aware of that than I am. But, <laughs> but episodes are shipping, which means Velocity will be playing something. Oh, you know what? Here's a request. Genuinely. Oh, okay. We, we say this every time before the season starts. I would love to see – send us photos on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. I would love to see photos of how it is populating on your various TV guides. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. Because honestly, I know this sounds weird. I'm quality checking. Did they get the right description? Some providers rewrite the descriptions. I'm always yeah. curious about that. Yeah. That always surprises me because we provide descriptions. We provide all the thumbnail photos. Are those coming through? Is it our stuff or not? Because because we don't want people going out and getting their own now that descriptions we can't stop. But the photos we can. So I, I'd love to see it. If, if it shows up, again, this is going to be uh, Saturday, July 7th. is episode one of season three. If you're looking for where, it's early <laughs> okay, seven thirty yeah. Eastern. So look uh, early, early Saturday morning. But it'll go for the next thirteen weeks starting July seventh. It may be populating on some of your systems already. Would love to see those photos so we see what you're seeing.
0: Oh yeah, and this week I'm on with Mark Green of Cars Yeah. Oh, cool. so this drops on Tuesday and then Wednesday, June twentieth. Oh great, that's the date he told me. So cool, I'm, great, I'm counting on that. I was on with Mark and uh, it was a lot of fun to be interviewed by him and definitely a, a good friend there. So love it. it was a lot of fun. Anyway, guys, thank you again. Look forward to next time. Cheers.
1: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
2: Hey, it's Shaq, your official spokesperson for Podcast One Sportsnet. And 2019, is starting off in a very big way thanks to my friends and exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. I'm not sure what kind of gift you got this holiday season, but I'm betting (laughs) it's not as good as an all-expenses-paid trip to the big game. That's right. We're talking round-trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and the guests here in my town of Atlanta, Georgia. How do you enter? Simple. Go to BetOnline.ag. Sign up for BetOnline.ag account. Account. Use the promo code Game and enter in the contest. Our exclusive partners at BetOnline.ag have the golden tickets to the BIG GAME. Don't miss out. This promotion ends january twenty eighth. Visit BETONline.ag today for all the details and use the promo code BITGAME. Game. GAME GAME.